All right, salam alaikum, everybody. Uh, welcome to the second part of uh, the Satoshi Roundtable uh, discussion with uh, Muawiyah Tucker. We had part one where Sheikh Muawiyah Tucker talked about the first day of this Satoshi Roundtable. There was a very interesting thing that happened during the opening ceremony where uh, Bruce Fenton, who's the organizer of the event, uh, recited Quran and uh, had had someone recite uh, Al-Fatiha and also some other verses of the Quran talking about riba. And uh, you should check it out. It's the first part uh, of the conference, and it, it, it was really quite nice, and I quite enjoyed uh, recording the podcast episode. So for today, we'll be doing the second part where we'll talk about the rest of the conference, and Mawiyah Tucker has some uh, other things to share uh, about that. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, brother. So continuing on from the, the banger of an, of an intro from, from Sheikh Bruce, then essentially... After the, the usual, you know, individual come up and, and, and say thank you for this person, thank you for that person, and blah blah blah. And there were some officials there and so on and so forth. Um, essentially, what they what 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 they did was it was a unconference un conference, you could say, where people come, everyone can suggest a topic, um, and then they lead that topic. So some people had suggested topics from before the event, either through message, either Telegram or not. Um, and uh, and then they were on the board and they were allocated to certain times. So you had like 8.30, 8 to 9.30, 9.30 to 10.30 and so on, all the way to 3.30. Um, so, uh, so in the opening, anyone, anyone, anyone who wanted to talk about something, it was, it was almost like pitch it to everyone else to do something. I'm going to be talking about this topic, anyone to join on, um, um, we'll be discussing this and that and basically trying to encourage people to attend their event. Almost like say bidding anymore, almost like someone's bidding someone to attend their event. That was essentially what what, what, what that was. Um, and then after that, they you know, literally literally just got right there, their topics on the post-it note and just slap it onto um the event. It was quite nice the way, the way it was organized. And that was it really after that it was just food, you know, mingling, introducing yourself to people, joining in activities that like you could say, but that was just the first day. It wasn't much beyond that, that started in the, in the afternoon after the food, and it was like an Arabian Nights themed dinner. So everyone you could find a table and just um have some food. Alhamdulillah, I was able to quickly find where the maxis were at, and uh, basically latch onto them like a leech. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. <laughs> because um, as some people are aware, it wasn't only uh, maxis who were there or Bitcoin only people. There were other people who had their own ideas and stuff. But I mean, there weren't um, top scammers there, as far as I'm aware. Um, there weren't scammers there, as far as I'm aware. But there were definitely people who, who were there who were more uh, fluid than just Bitcoin. Right. So they had some, some had their own coins and their own projects, and even some heads of certain projects were, were decided to turn up. Um, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure if any of them. Uh, would want the people to know that they were there because oh yeah, I was there. So the the rules that's less important point. So I have to be make clear the rules. So there was the this kind of rules that anything that is discussed at the event, you're free to share the information to the public. But as for who was there and who said these things, then that is private. <laughs> so unless someone said, yeah, you can you can tell the world that I said this, then and yeah, unless they said that to you and you got permission then you can't name names. Um, although today I was I was flicking on Twitter and I saw that some people had like shared pictures of themselves at the event 
i.e. they doxed themselves oh. <laughs> that they were there <laughs> which I guess from that aspect it makes it easier for me um, to mention them because they already mentioned that they were there so like Adam Back was there okay he was I, there. I, I figured um, yeah he was there uh, and there were a few people who were there from before on previous ones uh, and they were here again but again as, as I haven't seen them specifically on Twitter then I'll, I'll leave that private that was the first one so i mean do you have any questions before we move on to the next day um not not really not not so far i mean i kind of want to get to the good stuff so it sounds like there were uh maxis there that you were able to uh kind of latch on to and kind of stay stay with your group so yeah i mean the, the, when, is it, when we see maxis and the maxis that kind of stuff feels i guess the, the way i kind of see it is that the purpose of the event was to without sounding so cheesy change the world and that sounds cheesy and it? it sounds like yeah we want to change the world man <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a but, tech startup yeah it's like a tech startup and yeah buy my shit coin and we'll do this <laughs> well i did hear that day actually <laughs> i'm gonna change it i'm gonna make i'm gonna make a difference and, and this is my coin i'm gonna issue with it i'm like but um but on a, on a genuine note the discussions that were had, the the refreshing nature of them is that they weren't about me, my idea, what I want, this and other, buy this, invest this. These weren't even the words even used. And that was what I loved about it, was that it was discussion mm. about, about about the world, the industry, how to make a change, how to help people. So I'm not I'm not under any delusion, by the way, that that there are many who wish to help people and in the process make lots of money. I mean that's 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 I mean, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I'm sure people can have genuine, genuine desire to help people and also make a bit of peace on the side. That's not that's not a, a problem. But what I mean by that is there was a genuine hatred, disdain, um, repulsion to the current state of affairs and a genuine desire to change it for the better. And I think that's one of the things that, I don't know if you, can, if you agree with me or not, but that's one of the significant, I would say, attributes that separates a maxi from a non-maxi, or from a Bitcoiner from a non-Bitcoiner. Because by by the nature of Bitcoin, you can't, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess you could speculate a little bit, but the nature of Bitcoin kind of, it doesn't allow you to do much of it other than use it as money and appreciate it for what it does. Whereas other coins, always, there's always all it is just promises and, and do this and money go up and issue tokens. So that it's, even if they have a good idea, it gets... um drowned out by hype and pump and dumps yeah i i totally agree with that you know like that's the thing about bitcoin is that like there's you know you don't get into bitcoin to make money especially like in the short term that's kind of like what all of these alt altcoins projects promise is like you know invest in in this altcoin and it will be the next bitcoin it'll be the next big thing you're not too late you can enter into into my shitcoin project and it'll it, it'll go to the moon you know for for bitcoin it's it's kind of lousy in that aspect in that you know it's not it's just supposed to be used as a money and yeah i i think that's uh, a, a lot of um shitcoiners kind of miss that aspect so basically what i would say the best way to, to probably summarize it or to, to describe it would be to say something like um with bitcoin the purpose of it is to replace fiat Whereas the shitcoin, the purpose of it is to get more fiat. That's probably the best way to describe it, if I was to describe it in a small sentence. Shitcoins make fiat. Bitcoin <laughs> kill fiat. 
Right. It's like it feels it feels like the purpose of shit coins is to try to keep this this fiat hamster wheel going even more. And it's it's just I, I just see crypto or altcoins as just another subset of fiat. And I see Bitcoin as this entirely other thing that's actually like the innovation. And it's yeah. it's com it's completely like missed from from all, all of these shitcoin projects. I mean, if your shitcoin project doesn't have you know, it's it's not even decentralized. It doesn't have censorship resistance. It's not permissionless. Like we've seen this over and over and over again with these pump in dumps. And yet here's Bitcoin just doing its thing, producing a blocks every 10 minutes. And it just it, it just keeps on going, being uh, uh, sound money. It keeps being censorship resistant. Uh, and uh, all of these shit coins don't have that ha don't have those properties. Yeah, that that is that is in a nutshell. But let, let's 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 get into yeah. the juice. Okay. Go Let's ahead. get into the meat. So the Saturday, so there obviously there's three there's three meals a day. There's a breakfast, lunch, lunch and dinner, whatever. That's there. Um, they did have, ironically, not ironically, interestingly enough, there was they there was a morning meditation session that existed, um, and it was there was a, a a Buddhist theme at some points, like where we have meditation or like even some some Dalai Lama kind of guy came along to the meditation session. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm, not attending, I'm not attending that one, but, uh, <laughs> but putting that aside, um, so I'm going to go through some of the topics just so people get an idea of what was discussed. Just so you can see that it wasn't, it, this, this, this project wasn't about plotting to dump shit coins on people. It was about trying to do something useful. So, so for example, I mentioned, uh, does crypto lead humanity to peace on earth? Uh, that was a discussion topic. Um, so, or, or lost crypto recovery. This one I attended actually. So, how do you recover Bitcoin that has been lost by an individual? So, there was a an individual who has his job really, and he was basically talking about the role of um, passphrases. Um, what? How you make a passphrase secure? What happens if you lose a passphrase? What's the likelihood of regaining your Bitcoin once the passphrase was uh, or is is lost? Um, what kind of information you would would help you recover your passphrase, your seed phrase, or your part of your Bitcoin? Things like like um, industries, leaders, and stuff. What they do to recover passphrase and whatnot, and, and your passphrase, or what is a passphrase? How you can have your twenty fifth word into your seed word. So as you know, everyone knows you can have your twelve seed words or your twenty four words. Because you can add another word, like the thirteenth word or your twenty fifth word, to make it even more secure. What happens if you lose that? The kind of hardware you need to to kind of brute force it you know what, what kind of information you could use to make the search for your bitcoin easier so there was a professional there who that's it that was kind of his job and, and how he even paid he's been paid made lots of money to recover people's funds and then interesting enough then then as, it, as it's that round table everyone's just discussing the kind of conversation kind of drifted towards um, how to secure your Bitcoin. So it was titled how to recover it, but then it kind of drifted towards how do you, how do you secure it? Mm -hmm. How do you prevent losing your Bitcoin? Like, especially if you die, how do your inheritors get it? How you can use multi-signature setups to try and help recover Bitcoin. So yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a very important uh, discussion um, on that one. But that, there was some other discussion out there. Um, one was referring to uh, mindfulness in Web three and crypto. So here you can see that someone, some shit corner came and suggested this one. So that was there. Um, this is another one is three generations of adoption. 
I didn't turn that one, but that sounded an interesting one. So that was all of those discussions. Oh, and there's another one here because what is next for Bitcoin? That was another discussion. All of oh. these was happening from 8.30 to 9.30. So, all, so you could choose any one of those to attend. And mm. I chose the one to do with Last Crypto because I actually know someone who had, they have all 24 words, but they, they messed up in recording the passwords. Oh, wow. Seeing, was there a way to help get that back? Uh, and one of the interesting things I, 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 I asked when I was there was, do you reckon there'll be almost like an industry that develops out of recovery, like maybe companies who have like massive farms that go through, that take the data you have and try and recover your baby. Ukraine unanimously said, yeah, 100%. Like maybe in the next 20 to 30 years, you might have companies that will come out just, just to recover lost Bitcoin, especially from like old hard drives and old USBs. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure there's services, you know, for that even right now. But I I can see yeah, that being yeah. increasingly important as uh, you know, it's it's, it's going to take a while. I mean, if if we can imagine a Bitcoin standard, I mean, there has to be some kind of culture around securing your 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 Bitcoin and you know taking taking custody of it, and that that's that's that takes a complete shift in mindset from from the fiat world where you're always trusting somebody else. I mean, I I'm not saying like I know what the solution to that is, but there's definitely going to be, I think, like a like like a radical shift in in culture and how people store and secure their money. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think once it that's one of the things that I think we we as Bitcoiners or or, or the industry need to definitely work on, and that is how do you get to the level of storing your Bitcoin where grandma and grandpa can do it, mm -hmm. um, where if anything happens to them, it doesn't get lost in time. And whereby if anyone tries to rob them, it's practically impossible. These are the thing, three, I think the three things that need to be refined. And it will take time, but inshallah, the more things, the more, the more Bitcoin is adopted, the more the need for it is, and the more it will get this assault. It's just a technical issue and a user experience issue. It's not, a, it's not, um, it's not something that is impossible. It's just, it just requires working on it really. Yeah. Um, from 9.30 to 10.30, we had Bitcoin mining, Boom, bust, or recovery? That's a question. Um, so actually, interestingly enough, there was two ladies that were there um, that were full-on miners. And like, what? <laughs> we got women who are miners. Because it's unusual <laughs> to see women in the space as, on its own. Mm. Uh, and on top of that, mining, which, is, which psychologically is a very man thing to do, a very physical thing to do. Um, so when I, when I saw two women there who were actual full-on miners, it was like, that's interesting. I, I didn't expect that. I was taken back about that one. Uh, although, I did, although I didn't attend this particular uh, discussion, I, I, I attended the other one, which was Bitcoin protocol ossification. Mm. So what does that mean? And that was, a, again, that was a very technical discussion. And it was basically, has Bitcoin ossified? Mm -hmm. Ossification means like when something becomes hard, rigid, unchangeable. So Bitcoin was what it was at the beginning and over time it has been updated and changed and improved. But has it got to the stage now whereby significant updates are no longer or, or are there a few more updates left or should there be a few more? I, I think it was more of an issue of should there or will there be? Mm -hmm. Both. Will there be and should there be? And the one who led the discussion was of the view that there's a lot more work still left to do with Bitcoin, especially to do with privacy and other things and that uh, we need to push it through now 
before it becomes impossible to push through. A bit like um, the internet itself with TCP, IP, whatnot. It's been used for so long and so much, so much has been built on top of it that now to change it would mean to change too much and it won't happen. Right. So that was the main meat of that discussion is that is should it, should it change? Should it happen or shouldn't happen? And we even discussed Litecoin was there and, and it was mentioned. I guess one of the, one of the interesting things about that discussion was um, are, Bitcoin, are Bitcoiners too cautious? That was the question. Mm. Are we too cautious to our detriment? As we're trying to secure Bitcoin and prevent anything happening to it, because obviously it's a, almost a trillion dollar market, want to protect, protect people's wealth. But is, are we, are we, are we too, too cautious to the point whereby we can actually damage Bitcoin in, in the long run? So that was interesting. Another one was, I've also noticed this one. Another one which was, uh, we need to eliminate unreasonable objections to change. So sometimes people object to change. And um, the leader mentioned that, or the leader of the conversation said, uh, point that we need to kind of fine tune as to what kind of objections to change are irrelevant or or or, or pointless or or unreasonable. That's not relevant, Unreasonable. Okay. You know, it's, it's unreasonable to have those things. And 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 then someone else mentioned. There's another guy who was there who made a very good point. This guy was really good because he was an ETH developer, but he was really genuine, really sincere, really honest. Actually, he he he. All the stuff we moan about Ethereum, he was like 100% agree. <laughs> I'm not even I'm not <laughs> even gonna argue that one. I agree with you, and 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 and, and he's not happy by it either. Mm. Um, but it's just that what he's trying to do in build is different from what a Bitcoin is trying to do. Because he knows what we're trying to do. Save the world, sound money, and he respects that and he agrees with that. It's just that him, his his goal is more niche. So and when he mm. mentioned his broke it down, I understood what he was saying and I respected what he's saying. Basically, you know, it's like saying, yeah, I can see you're trying to build a wall and that wall is necessary, but I'm just trying to plant some plant some daffodils. I'm trying to do something different. And mm -hmm. and and it's, and, I'm, and it's fine to do that, you know. But he made he said who decides what's unreasonable? And I think that's where the problem we have here. We basically that, that's actually phase. that's actually what I was going to bring up is you know like a, someone has to decide what's unreasonable and what's not. And it could be that whoever is in charge and decides whatever is unreasonable might actually be reasonable. And yeah, that that sounds like an interesting topic, an interesting discussion there. And I think one of the, one of the things that um, I I I felt was that if Bitcoiners, devs, and so on and so forth could stop all development. Just stop everything. Stop all code and review everything. Just stop it, and just sit down and define the means of or the the medium of, or the way of conducting discussions. How do you propose proposals? How it should be discussed in a way which is more productive than what seems to be the case now. I'm not sure. I, I don't really scroll the the posts on GitHub, Bitcoin GitHub. But from some of the ways I've seen things discussed on Twitter, it sometimes it seems a bit aggressive unnecessarily <laughs> and counter counterproductive. Some like that, but I do feel that if, if you want to move things forward, then there needs to be every everyone needs to give another person a chance to talk, mm -hmm. generally sincerely consider what has to be said, rather than just this being dismissive, which I've seen a lot. And um, sometimes objections are objections, but sometimes they're just unreasonable. That one thing. So another one mentioned was about uh, someone said that that taproot was a very academic feature, meaning that it was a feature that once activated, not much was readily available to use it. It wasn't like, here you can, here you go, you can use this new feature. It was like these are the few features that we hope to have in the future, wasn't it? So it's was more of an academic upgrade rather than a real life upgrade. 
another one was will ossification kill bitcoin by others advancing that was another one if bitcoin becomes fixed the question was will that actually kill bitcoin because others would move forward and others would therefore um adopt uh, but will be adopted because they were like okay i can't do anything on bitcoin and have to use other things so that was another another interesting discussion Oh, back to the huh. point about the issue of unreasonable. So one, one of the things I was asked by one of the, one of the individuals who actually had their own um, coin is that how, does, how do you guys update your coin? And I mean, is it, is it as difficult in your system as it is on, on Bitcoin? And I said, no, not really. And that's because they have, they have a figurehead and mm -hmm. pretty much people rally around the individual. So, it's, you know, there's, there's direction and they kind of go in that direction, whereas Bitcoin has no figurehead. Right. Which, is a feature, not a bug. Well, yeah, and that and and the ETH guy mentioned an interesting uh, piece of, of of insider info. He mentioned that you know people think that Vitalik Buterin, everyone just follows him where he wants to go, whatever whatever he suggests goes. And he said mm, that's not actually the case. There's plenty of times where he wants things to go in a certain direction and he's shut down amongst mm. the own devs. So they do. He's, he's not he's not on there. He's not giving any impression that it's somehow decentralized. He said there are ways in which they they organize themselves with, hierarch with hierarchies and whatnot, but it's not just like uh, big, uh, Vitalik go this way and everyone goes that way. It's actually a bit more nuanced than that. But right. basically, that was the idea was that in the discussion, it was discussed how other coins go about it compared to how Bitcoin goes about it. That was um, part, of, part of that discussion. Uh, yeah, that was it, man. I don't know the other thing I mentioned or oh, was that the Bitcoin community kind of rejects BC hype. Um, which is one of the things which is which is again it's like a, a a dual paradox where Bitcoin has no hype thing like you have on on other coins, but I guess because of that, developing on it is is a lot slower. You know what I mean? Right. Well, you know, I I think that that raises a bigger point, especially like in when you were talking about that that it's like difficult to propose upgrades or whatever like on Bitcoin. I mean, I think. If you're trying to make a sound money that's going to that's going to be you know globally adopted, like up, upgrades should be difficult. There there should be discussions and fierce debates around things. Like I get that you know I'm I'm not like a, a Bitcoin developer, so like I'm I'm feels like it feels hypocritical for me to talk about. But you know it it to me it seems like for something like Bitcoin, upgrades should be difficult, and there should be fierce debates around whether we should be changing this or changing that. But whereas like you know you were telling me like about Ethereum. Where yes, sure, like there, Vitalik is not, you know, pulling the strings. Maybe sure, but like at the same time, it's the, the all their upgrades that they're doing. They're tinkering around with the monetary supply. They're tinkering around with so many things that like to where it, it's it's not even what it was originally. And to me, that's a money isn't supposed to do that. Like imagine if you know in in gold we can just change the supply of gold or change the distribution of 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 how gold is placed on the earth. Like that a money well, isn't. Is or yeah, or other properties like money isn't supposed to do that, and that's that's what I really really like about Bitcoin <laughs> is that it's like there's 21 million coins, things like that should not change. Well, one interesting point one person mentioned is that there is one hard fork we know we have to make. So that being the case, that that by definition, change is still on the table for Bitcoin. So we can still debate things, but there is one hard fork due to a bug, which 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 will only affect us in the next hundred years. Mm -hmm. um, has to happen anyway, so there is there is change that will happen anyway. We just need to get so we need to get, we need to get these things over and done with quickly, 
so that when it does ossify, then we can move on to you know other layers. So that was that was that discussion. It was it was it was a good one. You know, I don't want to spend, we don't make this one podcast become five hours. Let's quickly move on. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So um, that was one discussion. The other discussion I didn't attend was um, don't be afraid to ask about Africa. That was in, that was in the title of that one. Another one says hedging risk. I don't know what I was about, but that was it says. I guess it's an investing kind of discussion. Discussion, and I'm assuming it might have been full. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Another one says layer one valuation model and heuristics. So I don't like it's a technical kind of thing. This one, I'm not sure what this one was about. It says soul bond tokens and implications for existing and future applications. I'm not sure. I heard of soul bond. I think it is. It has to do with um, identity on on Ethereum. I think, but I don't, oh. I don't know. I don't know. Um, the state of crypto and the role of lobbying. That's another one. Um, and I, I met someone there who was a who that's their job. Um, their job is to be hired by companies to lobby government to make positive change or change in a direction or in their direction, I should say. So that's their job, and they and they they that's what they do. So I guess that's important. I know there are a few. Um, regulators, people in the industry, and that's their job in terms of uh, compliance. There's a lot of people like that who are there. And again, okay. some in- insights that, was, that I, I came across. Um, st- um, and I guess TradFi relationships with digital assets. So there were a few people there who were, who they, what they wanted to do was get into tokenization. Whenever I hear the word tokenization, I get, I get paranoid. I'm like, tokenization, what do you mean? <laughs> Stuck with a lot. <laughs> <laughs> But what they're talking about is like um, essentially updating the stocks uh, and investment platforms with tokens rather than the usual platforms we have now. You can have tokens that you can easily trade. I guess um, streamlining trading of, of assets. So if you have property, you could tokenize property, tokenize stocks, tokenize equities, tokenize different things. So mm. I think there is, I think from a technical perspective, there is virtue in updating their system because you can't you can't say you know everything's bitcoin it's not to do with bitcoin it's not to do with money it's just to do with an easy way of trading assets so i i see that i don't know why a blockchain would be needed for that i'm sure you can but yeah. I, I think from their perspective <laughs> i think from their perspective is i think it's to do with the ease of being able to or the, the the ease of being able to sell your token or whatnot so imagine you have apple stocks and imagine I'm able to actually send my Apple stock to you directly right now. You send me a QR code and I can just transfer my stocks to that one. I guess that has a benefit and has virtue. Um, I mean, from my perspective, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about people robbing you of your Apple stock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't so, know. I don't know. Or, or, or robbing you. Imagine someone at gunpoint stole your the rights to your house. So <laughs> I, 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 I've said to them many of these discussions, the problem I have with tokenization is that the token is detached from the asset. Bitcoin is the asset. Right. It seems like that tokenization discussion is like adding, like it, it, everything is so financialized and over leveraged that it just seems like it's adding another layer to that. And I, I don't, do you need a token for that is, is my response to that. Do you need a token for that? And, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I agree. You don't, you, don't need a, you, don't, you don't need a separate token to do this function, like how you have, for example, you know, you can trade the stock, but you need this token to do the trade. I, I, I understand that hundred percent, and and I agree that that's pointless. But if the token that is traded, not is the actual thing, mm-hmm. I can see the purpose of it. I'm just concerned about um what it means. I mean, if I have a if I have a property, if I own a home, and I have a token of that home, and if someone's able to steal that, I mean, they can't come into my house and take me and kick me out. So what does it mean? 
essentially the tokens are are detached from the real world that's why i'm saying being on a blockchain doesn't make sense it has whatever system you use it has to be system whereby it's not censorship resistant it has to by default be censorship resistant you have to have the ability to undo a transaction to wipe to 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 delete a transaction to to prevent a transaction to verify that this transaction is actually genuine not on the duress this has to be in place Mm-hmm. For real, for real world assets, because you know, can you imagine someone turn up at your house and yeah, get out? It's my house. <laughs> what do you mean it's your house? Yeah, because I got the token for it. And then yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, so then the next hour, ten thirty to eleven thirty, they had advocacy with regulators. The need for layer one to engage. That's the, always the topic. Um, n- next one, you're gonna love this one. It's your favorite one, brother. NFT and DeFi. Oh goodness. Art related, so that was another one. That was that was there. Scared. Um, another one, <laughs> which was a good one. Uh, privacy. That was a discussion about, about privacy. Um, another one, which I spoke to the guy. I think it was leading this one. It was interesting. Um, Giza. Um, psychedelic rollout. Expand humanity, collective consciousness. I, <laughs> what does that mean? Isn't it? So I have no comment. Uh, what he does. <laughs> well, so what you might find in some of these names, some of these things, is that each sometimes people have their own individual projects. So they kind of wrap their sales pitch in a discussion. So in this individual, he does his idea is, which is really interesting, using psychedelic drugs to help um, deal with trauma or help deal with or in therapy. So essentially, with the, that the drug can actually affect the brain in a way that allows you to overcome certain tragic events in your life that would normally take you months to achieve through normal therapy, but you can achieve in shorter sessions because you're actually making physical changes to the brain. So that's what it was. Yeah, I I don't know how I feel about that. And to be honest, it doesn't seem like it's all that relevant. Well, I I don't know how it ties in with with, with Bitcoin or or the space, but but I spoke to the guy. It, it the, the the definitely the conversation was very interesting. Um, but anyway, that that was there. Real real world investment on chain. So I guess that's kind of tied with what we just spoke to a minute ago about the the tokenization of assets, real world assets. Mm-hmm. Um, my, this one was next one was my one actually targeting the Muslim market and understanding their needs in Sharia. There we go. So that, the point was <laughs> to to the idea is that we have people there who build wallets, build uh, functionality on protocols on 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 Bitcoin, build at, uh, products for people to use. So the discussion was for people to understand the needs of a quarter of the world's population, like 2 billion Muslims. So you can't ignore them and make products that exclude them because that's excluding a large market share of your mm-hmm. thing. And my idea was to, was to say that if you look at the global demographics, by the next 50 years, that 2 billion Muslims or a quarter of the world population of Muslims will eventually outgrow, outpace everyone else because the Western world they're aging and dying out and not, not replenishing their numbers. And the Muslim nations are breeding like rabbits, let's say. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you have to factor that one in. Okay. Uh, but unfortunately, brother, unfortunately, I messed up, man. What happened? So the map, so if you don't see the thing, the map here, uh-huh. it has numbers on the map for locations. And it said to that my talk was on track six. six. So I went to six on the map. And then I sat there, no one attended. So I figured, okay, I, I get it. I mean, you know, no one, not everyone here is Muslim. Maybe not, not, maybe not that interested. And then a brother came and said, oh, we're doing here. So I was waiting for my thing, but no one turned up. So 
you know, it's oh come, come, Bruce wants to speak to you, Bruce wants to speak to you. So I went to speak to Bruce and basically we sat down and and I basically just spoke about this topic with Bruce and his brother. And then two other guys came along and we had a nice we kind of had my discussion <laughs> on this topic in a smaller group by you know. And then when I checked my phone after when I was gonna go to my next talk, someone messaged me saying, Are you not doing your talk? Or you're not leading the session. I said, I was there, no one turned up. And then he replied, said, there's 10 of us here. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, man. What, what happened was I went to the wrong location. I wasn't, I wasn't in the right place. The number on the map wasn't the same number that they were talking about. So I flopped it, man. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, that no. sucks. <laughs> that, that really, really sucks. sucks. It really did, yeah. <laughs> but the good news is I still got to discuss this with, I guess, with Bruce. And there's right. another guy there who's also involved in um, producing Islamic Sharia-compliant products. Okay. So it was, I still managed to get some a, 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 a useful conversation in that space, but unfortunately I, I missed those who actually wanted to discuss that. So I made an announcement that you know I'm sorry I missed it, but in my tomorrow's discussion, whatever I missed in this one, I will bring up in in that one. So hopefully okay. I made Tobo that made Tobo that one. Yeah. But Allah, you know things happen. But I, I I'm a person that I don't I don't like regretting the past. I, I think everything has a, a purpose, and I think the purpose of that event was to sit down with Bruce and right. chat with the men. Alhamdulillah. Um, I, had, I don't up to that point. I don't. I never really sat down and spoke eye to eye, looking look man in his eye and tell him the things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so very quickly, venture yeah. uh, investment in Bitcoin only startups. That was a very important one. Invest, invest in Bitcoin only startups. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, another one of your favorites, Web3 Social. Uh, <laughs> You're killing me, man. <laughs> <laughs> another one, uh, what makes a token a security token? That was a good one. Um, but I didn't attend. Anyway, I just had my little discussion on that one. Let's try and speed up because I'm sure everyone's getting a bit bored now. I mean, so another one, well, maybe bored, maybe not be bored, but another one, building, this is 11.30 to 12.30, building mm-hmm. infrastructure to scale Bitcoin. That was another one. I attended this one. Uh, and this is another one that Adam back, back was, was there. Okay. Um, and, and other players in the field. I will say this, a lot of the, the, the more technical maxis were all there. And it was it was well received. A lot of people there, loads of people there in this one, loads of people there. Hmm. Um, and um, the discussion was great. We spoke about Lightning Network, um, how to scale that Lightning Network. And I guess the discussion, the previous discussion of ossification also came up. Mm-hmm. Um, as in what needs to be done to scale Bitcoin now on the base layer as opposed to the other ones another discussion which, which, which became a big one in this one was drive chains I'm not sure if you've heard of drive chains have you heard of drive chains? Uh, I have heard of them but I do not know what they are so in a nutshell a drive chain is essentially another whole network think of it like Ethereum, Litecoin Ripple, whatever whatever it, whatever it is it's a whole new network but rather than being a network that has its own shitcoin and its own whatever, it's a network that t- it pegs into Bitcoin. Mm. So the tokens in those in that network come from Bitcoin. So imagine I made and so from that he basically the, the, the it's kind of, it's kind of like sold as the holy grail to to all of Bitcoin's needs. So you can actually have full on one hundred percent Ethereum, but the tokens used is Bitcoin. So you actually send your Bitcoin onto that chain that you basically peg in to that chain and when you want to come back out you peg out of the mm. chain so you're not in you're not, you basically you kind of mitigate the whole shit coinery 
buy my token and then you'll be go to the moon so there is no token mm. so you, it kind of allows you to experiment and grow and do new things without the need of of the of the the crap tokenomic not, uh, mindset that you might have with with shitcoins mm. so um that was pushed heavily by one individual and and to be honest the the, the i it was it's, it's kind of the same as liquid you know liquid network right yes yeah so liquid network which is you you, you send your bitcoin you peg it in and you get mm -hmm. your liquid coin mm -hmm. and when you come out you peg out the difference between a drive chain hand and liquid however is that drive a liquid network has a federation so it's slightly decentralized in that manner that there are people who are in charge of the pegging in and the pegging out um I mean, they try to mitigate the whole centralized decentralization kind of thing by distribution of people. But the point is, it's still, in a way, centralized. Whereas mm -hmm. drive chains tries to do have the pegging in and pegging out decentralized. So it's not like that. So, to, so for example, to peg out takes about sixty days. So it kind of removes the the the, the risk or interview. It removes the risk of someone stealing it because it's or having that control to steal. If someone tried to steal Bitcoin, there's like 60 days for everyone to realize what they're doing and then punish them. It'd be like lightning. So mm. that's that was that was um what happened with the with the, the drive chains as a, as a discussion. Okay. Um but it was a very uh interesting discussion, thoughtful discussion. It was emphasized that we need to do something. And one other thing that, that, that Adam back mentioned as well, which is interesting about then the scaling, we need to figure out scaling. We need to, we need to solve the problem. And the problem is, is that there aren't actually enough UTXLs for the whole of planet Earth to use. Mm. Uh, and this comes back to the interesting discussion about IP, IP addresses. When they made the internet, they didn't feel that, that they would ever run out of IP addresses. But we soon realized that we were reaching that limit because no one, no one anticipated the actual scale of adoption. Same thing with Bitcoin. If you can imagine 8 billion people and each one of those people having millions of addresses all on, all on their own, the, the, the scaling would... You need to do something, basically. Right. So that's that was where the discussion went to, and and, and there, there needed to be something that done. So lightning does something. Lightning, that lightning can do as you can you can have lots of transactions that don't that don't use up the UTXLs. And for those who have been not so technical, UTXL basically means unspent transactions. So each uh -huh. Bitcoin transaction is has a unique address. So at some point, even though we have billions and billions and billions of of, of addresses. If, if every one person uses millions of them, that, that, that billion can be used up right. quite quickly. So another, just quickly going through the other list of other discussions we had. Um, centralization in communication, storage systems, and misaligned incentives. Um, Cross-border and, uh, and last-mile challenges and solutions. Another one which is interesting, well, I'm not sure what it was about, but it's interesting. From Hiroshima, as in a nuclear bomb, to mm. Satoshi, lessons from the nuclear industry. Uh, another one which I'm not, you're probably your, you, you always have your favorite topics in this one, man. <laughs> Future of CFI and DeFi. Skip. Uh, <laughs> making the human race multiplanetary. Uh, and this is an interesting okay. discussion, which I kind of I heard a few things, a few murmurs around about uh, how transactions could occur across planets. That was interesting. Okay. I, mean, I would love to have a check. See, a lot of these topics, I would love to have attended all of them, but you can't attend all of them. Right. Um, the nature of carbon, nature and carbon market on chain. Um, another one, tokenized real world assets. Yeah, tokenized real world assets need decentralized data. And another one, last one, would be women in Web three. So, 
you can see a theme here. <laughs> Almost every hour, you can see a theme where there's like a there's a Bitcoin theme, quite clear, and then you have the the other theme. It's because anyone who has who is able to come and, and pay for their ticket, then they can come, and mm-hmm. anyone can suggest a topic to discuss. So mm-hmm. you, that, that's it's everyone's free to discuss what they want, and you can't stop anyone. Then there was lunch, and then after that we had uh, charter cities, free private cities, and network states. I'm not sure what that was about, but that was the title. Hmm. Um, another one, hardware attack vectors. I think I was a good. Uh, sometimes I was mentioning some of that, some people that Bitcoiners need to. It was actually mentioned when I was having dinner actually with Adam. Adam back. Someone mentioned, asked him, do you, do you reckon that there's that Bitcoiners themselves need to start making our own ASIC chips, hmm. specifically like open source ASIC chips, kind of decentralized the making of microchips and make it open source so we can know exactly what's happening. That one that was that was an interesting. Thing is, in this space, just just from this event here, I realized that really, truly, we've got a lot of work to do, man. There's so many different moving parts that need to be moved. Just from the the developing the the network, developing the layer twos, developing the the products, developing the microchips, developing the the regulation. There's so much to do. Mm-hmm. There's so much to do um, that we need to just quit our, quit our jobs and, and start working <laughs> on it. <laughs> There's so much to do. Um, how to scale Bitcoin NFTs. That was a a, a discussion. (laughs) Um, Importance of user experience, injecting game psyche and dopamine loops. That was interesting. I didn't attend that one. Um, This next one I attended um, because I'm trying to myself develop an online platform where people can uh, buy and sell products using Mm -hmm. Bitcoin. So this was, was, I thought it would would help me. It says... Money remittance via Bitcoin. So I was thinking, I think, how does that work? Um, so it was interesting discussions about how to. So basically, in the nutshell, what he's saying was, there's one guy who led it. He was saying that the way to scoop around or scro- skate around the regulations, we've got remittance laws, is to not be not is to is to not even do it in the first place. So yeah. how do you get around it? So essentially, he has a platform, which is why in the, indirectly it was a sales pitch. But still, the ideas were good. The two ideas are useful. Hmm. Um, he has a platform whereby you have your company in the UK. I have my company in the UAE. Someone in the UK wants to send money to the UAE. The way you can do that without becoming a, a money transfer or need a money transfer license is that you in the UK sell the, com- the customer Bitcoin. So they transfer their, their pounds to Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And then on your platform, that, that Bitcoin gets sent to the UAE where you want it to go, and to the person who wants to receive it, and then when it gets to the other person, they convert it back, or another sale, into dirhams. So, because you were the one who sent the Bitcoin, and not you as the company, or you as the customer sent the Bitcoin, not you as a company, you don't need a license to send, or money transmission license, that makes sense. Interesting. So, so it's a way to get around that. Okay. It's a way to get around okay. it. But okay. the sales pitch came along, whereby he was saying, if you want, you can have your net, your company in your country and we can build a network whereby I will send money to you and you send money to another person and whatnot. So it was kind of a sales pitch, which technically speaking, wasn't allowed. I wasn't sure if I should, I should um, tell Bruce about this because it was still, it was useful information, but it right. was still a sales pitch, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a bad sales pitch. I don't know what, to, I don't know, I'm, I'm conflicted, but maybe if Bruce watches this, he will know anyway. But, <laughs> but, but there, there was a few of that. There was a few that people had their own projects. They made it a discussion. The, the, the discussion was useful. We learned things, but 
it was still like a sales pitch. So what they would say is that after the discussion, I said, yeah, if you want to talk about what I'm doing after, you can talk about it after. So they, they kind of, that's how they kind of skirted around the rules. They said, you want to talk about it, you can do it after. Uh. Um, but this guy literally said in it, I'm here to sell you this, basically. He even said that. He even got to the point where he was like, got very frustrated. Said, yeah, you want to do this, join me. But interestingly, he, he, the one other person who came, I can, I can mention the company because they had literally their T-shirt. I don't know the person's name, but you know Strike? They were there as well. Okay. And they said, yeah, this, this is what we, we do as well. They, we, don't know, we all know Strike does the same thing. Right. So, but they once they realized it was a sales pitch, they actually got up like after 15 minutes and left. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I, I wasn't that brave. I thought, you know, I still benefit. Why not get some benefit from the conversation before rather than walk around into a half-finished conversation. Um, negative rights via, via protocols and positive rights through smart contracts is another one. Overview and status of Cardano. Skip. An overview <laughs> and the status of Cardano. And without saying anything obvious, there was... A significant person from the Cardano team. Uh, I can't, I can't imagine who it was. I can't imagine who it was. No, I can't imagine who it was. But they were there. And there was like a large number of people of groupies who were... No, I don't stuff like that. groupies. Of people into, interested in this conversation who were there. And when I came to the next topic and they were still there. And they were still talking. There was like large claps of hands. And I'm like, oh, come on. Yikes. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Grow up. That was one thing I did notice there. I mean, like I said, the people who, who this this was an open event, anyone could come. And mm-hmm. there was definitely people who were there for financial reasons and gains. So there was like, even when um when CZ was there, when he came, it was like a large number of people like just following like like a like 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 a celebrity status, want to get blessing from the from the CZ shoulder. Oh man, <laughs> that just sounds so creepy and so wrong. And the joke is there was like, the Bitcoin, there's all the maxes were like looking at me like that, shaking our heads in, come on, man. Grow up, man. Grow up. <laughs> we almost near to the end of the, of the first day it's almost near to the end so um what was it where, where were we yeah that was and then there was proof of reserve that was another topic i attended and u.s regulatory pressure that was another topic the last hour now we're near to the end the last hour was crypto payments this is another one i attended so another one i went to attend you know i yeah no i attended yes i attended this one and this was this one started as the Cardano one ended, and that's how I told you I, I knew what was happening then. And um, so I I went I attended this one. I'll talk about this one in a minute. I was just gonna go through the other names first. I come back to it. Deposit insurance fund exchanges, DeFi and custodians. Another topic was how to decentralize centralized exchange, which was possibly delivered by CZ, but he became late, so there was delayed to after. So mm. therefore, everyone attended that one. Um, legal future of DAOs, DeFi, CFI, personal liability, liability, and Wall Street financial stuff. Anyway, MEVs, uh, mining question uh, Q and A, and open metaverse and interoperability. Um, and what uh, what is regenerative finance? Those are the topics, and that was the end of that day. But just as a breakdown of what I just what I attended, which was which is doing crypto payments. This was a um, led by another guy. He his job is another token which does a payment, but what he way he, he did the discussion really well. He's really good in terms of he's a very people person. He wanted to ask the people. He, he basically what he said was often when we try to to fix problems and fix the world, we don't spend enough time identifying the problem. Hmm. So he spent a large part of the discussion 
trying to identify what exactly is the problem we have in this industry. So some said the user experience isn't what it should be. It's not that simple that we did need to have. Others said things like the legal, the legal system, as in people can't even use their crypto because of the law. The law, you know, there's capital gains and that kind of stuff. That's another, that's another uh, issue. Mm-hmm. Um, another issue was, I guess you could say education. That's, 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 that's an obvious one. Right. Um, and one guy made a very good point. He, he stopped the whole conversation and said, look, how many people here paid for their attendance in Bitcoin? Mm-hmm. And like literally like three or four people put their hands up. I said, isn't this a problem? Mm-hmm. That us Bitcoiners are not paying for this thing in, in Bitcoin. We're, we're, we're waving a flag, adoption, adoption. Mm-hmm. And in ourselves, we haven't really even adopted it. Right. That should have been, that, this should be, uh, that all, everyone's hands should be up. Right. Or at least the majority of the hands should have been up. But the fact that a minority of the hands of people was up kind of indicates the problem as well. There's not enough um, actual, it's as in, basically what he's saying is a lot of lip service. We're calling others to do something that we're not even doing ourselves as the mm-hmm. collective. So that was an interesting topic. My One, my, one of my contributions, I was saying that um, I think that the, we need to look at the approach from another perspective as if we want merchants to adopt Bitcoin and start receiving payments in Bitcoin. But the merchant is kind of forced into a system of having to sell that Bitcoin to pay his bills, to buy his coffee beans if he's a coffee shop. All his, everything behind him is still fiat. But yeah, he's still, we're still given a face and a facade that he's accepting Bitcoin. We need to start targeting suppliers, people who sell product to companies and, have, and provide infrastructure to, people, to business that they accept Bitcoin. So that therefore, when people actually provide the products and services, when they receive Bitcoin, they can now pass that on and pay for them what they need in Bitcoin. Basically, a more higher approach of adoption is not just the merchant is accepting it. The merchant's liabilities also need to be in Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was a very important point that, that needs to be said. Because even yeah. myself, as a, I have yeah. my own business, that's not I have a problem I have. I have staff who I say, yeah, I'll pay you in Bitcoin. But then they, they think, okay, I've received, I need to pay my bills. So there's, there's, a, there's that problem. I think that kind of goes in line with the education problem as well. I think, you know, what, what what I think is more important is that a lot of merchants and businesses, you know, they, I feel like there's too much focus on trying to accept payment in, in, in like Bitcoin, for instance, and there should be, there should be more focus on actually saving in Bitcoin, like actually having some of your reserves. Cause you know, if you're a business, you have to have like, you know, you're, you, you, you have to make a profit and then you have to store some of it to kind of grow the business. Like, I yeah. think, I think there needs to be a, a shift in culture where businesses and merchants, ex, uh, not just accept Bitcoin, but also like keep Bitcoin in their savings so that they can kind on of their grow their sheet, business yeah. Yeah, on, on their balance yeah. sheet. Yeah. And I think uh, not, not to say that like they shouldn't accept payments in Bitcoin. I think that's also great. But I think with that, we also they also kind of have to realize that like hey this bitcoin thing is the money this is the thing that i want to hold on to in the long run so that i can grow my business in the long run as well yeah definitely and 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 even things like when you accept payments some of that payments goes towards your liabilities but some of it should remain in bitcoin as you grow your stash so that you can grow your as in basically think of ways think of not just growing your business by growing more getting more customers but growing your business by growing your stash that gives you more ability to do more things. So right. that's, that's a new strategy. As in, think of it this way: that that, that idea doesn't even exist in the fiat world. No one <laughs> thinks of of of, set, of growing your savings stash so that your saving can grow. It's the opposite. Your saving erodes. 
Hence why you don't do that. You, you, you put your fear in something else, like in a bond or treasury or you stuff. That's how you grow your wealth in fear. Not actually by holding fear, because fear dies. Whereas Bitcoin allows you to actually receive payment. And just that receiving is already growing. Right, exactly. As long as your time frame is, is, is long enough. Anyway, so to conclude yeah. this, this, this first this part two, mm -hmm. um, after all these talks are finished, they had a CZ came back or came a bit later to do his talk about how to decentralize centralized exchanges. Um, and it basically was a lot of talk about what he, he was basically open, asking us what can what can be done to decentralize. And he will kind of give his take as to the difficulties in how doing that. And I mean, he agrees it needs to happen. And I guess what, what, one of his main themes was is that people have said to him, wouldn't you, by decentralizing your exchange, eat away your own profits? And he's basically saying, yeah, but that's the, that's the part of life. You have to move forward and adopt what's, what's coming. Kodak didn't adopt digital cameras and died as a result of it. So he knows the writings on the wall for centralized exchanges. So he wants to get ahead of the curve and basically try to decentralize an exchange and be a part of that, that future rather than try and hold on to the past. And one of the Bitcoiners asked a very important question um, about when are you going to adopt, um, adopt lightning? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, the answer was kind of, he didn't really answer that question, but he kind of skirted around the answer in a, in a kind of political manner, but not in a bad way. He still answered some of the question, but he skirted around it. And essentially said, look, you know, that he he as an individual invests in many different things. He's not actually building things himself. And actually, the technical we're privy to all of the details, but um, obviously, they, they they as a company try to do the best to to do what they can. Mm -hmm. But you know, I mean, me personally, my personal opinion about CZ, which means nothing really. I mean, who might have an opinion? But my personal opinion is that I kind of like the guy, in the sense of of I see him as a genuine person trying to do genuine things. Yeah, I'm sure he wants to make money. I'm sure he has an interest in 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 becoming, sustaining his his business model by by maintaining and sustaining his casino of shitcoins. I I see that, but I also see that he's not. He, he also recognizes that that Bitcoin is the future still. On top of that, and uh, I do see a I do feel like they potentially could be a net positive in Binance existing. I know there are some who say no, Binance is basically a casino. We need to we need to shed the market from from these kind of things. But I, I think this, this, it's one of those unfortunate realities that as much as a lot of his, his network has shitcoins on it, there's still a lot of things that people use it for that, that they need it for. Like myself, I mean, I have on my card, my mm -hmm. Visa debit card, where I load up a Bitcoin I spend on. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of people who use this platform to, 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 to live because it has the most volume and whatnot. So, but as Adam Back mentioned, is that technically, he mentioned very clearly, and I 100% I agree, is that a lot of these people, they make loads of money from Bitcoin, but they don't really put that put money back into into developing Bitcoin that as they should. They, they, everyone's developing this coin and that coin and Cardano and Ethereum and this DeFi and that DeFi and and they're pumping billions into these these shit coins, mm -hmm. and they're not putting anything into the devs of Bitcoin, which is the awesome. That is the foundation of of, of the whole market. If if they're gonna put like ten percent of their wealth into these projects, they should put twenty into Bitcoin. Right. To, to be honest, considering how significant Bitcoin is as an industry. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway, I know it, this has been a long one. And uh, we can wrap this one up, inshallah. Unless you have anything yeah. you want to add or ask. No, no, I think I think it's great. Thank you for sharing everything that happened uh, on there. And, man, I, I, I kind of feel bad because I, I was uh, invited to come. <laughs> 
actually, and uh, I I told Bruce about you, and you 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 ended up going in, instead of me. So you're making me feel kind of bad because it sounds like it was it was as uh, e even though there was quite a lot of talk uh, about shit coins and stuff, it sounds like there was quite a lot of content that was uh, focused on Bitcoin only, and it sounds like there was a lot of productive conversation and 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 discussion going on just about um, a Bitcoin only perspective, and it's, it's it's unfortunate that you know your talk was sort of missed. Um, but I, I think a lot of those discussions need to be had. And, you know, you brought up one good point about like how there's still so much that needs to be done on building on Bitcoin. And that's that's what I think that makes it so interesting and amazing. Like people are like, oh, Bitcoin is just this old coin that doesn't do anything. It's like, no, no, there's there's so much development and stuff going on in the Bitcoin world. And there's so much that needs to be done. There's so many problems that need to be fixed. And um, yeah. that, that, that to me makes Bitcoin fun and interesting. And I think a lot of people that kind of get into crypto don't really understand that point because they're so obsessed with the new shiny coin that might just have the chance of being the next Bitcoin. But um, and they're, and they're, mainly, they're primarily just, just a distraction to us as well. A lot of these coins and tokens. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, to me, Bitcoin is like that is that is the signal. And it's unfortunate that's in a sea of all of this noise. And it's kind of hard to figure out that signal among all uh, all that noise. But yeah, uh, thank you for for sharing all of those details. It was actually really interesting. I, I, I really enjoyed it. And I guess as a bonus bonus content. So the 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 the, the dinner evening on, on the Saturday night was an Indian theme. So yes, there was an Arab theme. Mm -hmm. This one was Indian Indian theme and I and I sat down with some Bitcoiners and Alhamdulillah I was privileged to have a seat with Adam, uh had dinner with Adam. So I had lots of conversations, discussions about different things on that table. And there was another individual on the table as well who we spoke about different things about how they got into Bitcoin, um, how they even met Craig Wright even. <laughs> oh that's unfortunate. Uh, and I asked him Asked him, is he right in the head? Even I mean, seriously, I've seen the guy. Is he is he is he right in the head? And they said, nah. They met the guy, and, and they don't think he's right in the head at all, and they're convinced that something not not clear. Wow. But yeah, it was it was it was it was it was like I said, the, the conversation was amazing. What I learned was so much, um, and I think if if I was to say if I was to summarize what the most significant if I, if I was to pinpoint one of the most significant things I learned from from just the first day even was that. The people who are building in this space are sincere people. As in, they are people trying to make change in the world. They're not trying to fill their bags. You know, making money is a byproduct, but that's not the purpose. The purpose is changing the world through Bitcoin. No yeah. doubt there are shitcoins that, that are out there and all they're interested in is making money. But the fact that all the discussions we had, making money wasn't even a part of the discussion, that's significant for me. Yeah, It wasn't even, it wasn't even like a, uh, it wasn't even part of the discussion from from even in passing. It wasn't like the price action wasn't even mentioned, wasn't even talked about. It wasn't anything like that. It was it was refreshing. It was it was um it was refreshing, man. It was great. That's great because the price the price of Bitcoin is probably the most uninteresting thing about Bitcoin <laughs> to me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was a great one. It was a great one, man. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. This was really great, and uh, I I look forward to hearing more. Uh, inshallah. Thank you so much.